Hey, everybody, welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Sunday and Wednesday, we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. So today, I am going to talk tech and, and go back to one of my favorite topics, at least in this time that we're living in, and that's artificial intelligence. I happen to be deep in the weeds of prepping for a big presentation to a very big brand team. And um, I, I have to say, I'm more excited than ever as to the possibilities for AI to do really good stuff for the professional salon industry. Importantly, I want to say that regardless of our personal angst around the topic, and one reason I want to talk about this is that there is so much angst spreading around in our industry, that, at least when I look at social, that's what I'm hearing, that's what I'm seeing. Um, and I have to say, you know, it's here, it's not going away. And um, it's been with us for a while. So, you know, we, we need to look at this with clear eyes and perhaps for many of us with new eyes. If you know me at all, you know that I love to share quotes. One of my favorites is a great place to start this conversation. I've used it before. Um, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, that's Wayne Dyer. And, you know, uh, the big conversation is that artificial intelligence is going to take our jobs. And I can understand it in many industries. I really do scratch my head about our industry. Um, I, I think anybody who's looking at this closely knows that we are a long ways away um, from hairdressing robots. But there are all kinds of great efficiencies. And, and, and again, I think of it as efficiencies, not ways to replace people's jobs. But uh, uh, again, I think I think we need to look at this perhaps with some new eyes. My favorite quote, I've shared this before, about AI, and I don't even know who to attribute it to, it's being used and shared a lot. And that is, quote, you don't need to worry about AI taking your job. You need to worry about someone who knows how to use AI taking your job. I'm going to say that one one more time. You don't need to worry about AI taking your job. You need to worry about someone who knows how to use AI taking your job. And I'm going to put kind of a beauty spin on that. And I, I really think back to the evolution that we've all lived through with social media. And there were so many people in the early days that were just kind of deniers as to, even after it was here, um, as to its possibilities and, and as to uh, perhaps its appropriateness for use in the professional beauty industry, especially in that early era when filters were happening and people were having so much fun with them and doing really interesting and dynamic things. But, you know, some people just want to put their heads in the sand. And I, and I think, again, we just have to kind of look at these things in new ways because what a lot of people who were late to social media learned was that their competitors were using it and their competitors were getting new clients that they weren't getting. Their competitors were often taking clients from them because of their use in social media and sometimes taking staff. So, you know, really powerful medium. We've got some history and I think we can consider some of that as we, you know, start to think about AI. Um, I'm going to start with like, what is it, you know? Um, and again, I've, I've been doing so much digging and, and learning, um, and I just get more and more excited. AI is, is fundamentally, and I'm going to use ChatGPT. There's many forms of AI, we should say that as well. And because when ChatGPT came out, that's when everybody became really, really aware. Um, but a lot of people don't realize like the Roomba, you know, a really well-known kind of robotic, and sometimes that word's not used, vacuum cleaner, roams around your house when you're not at home. Um, it has AI in it and has long had AI in it to allow it to do what it does. And uh, recently got an AI upgrade, which will happen now regularly, just like we get software upgrades. AI will continue to progress and, and evolve and there'll be upgrades. The upgrade for the Roomba was that um, 
The big fail of a Roomba, um, I don't have one, um, but I've read this, is that um, it did not recognize animal poop. Um, and so, you know, you could imagine a Roomba crashing into a pile of animal poop. It was not pretty. And so um, the new AI upgrade, it literally through its camera can recognize animal excrement uh, to be use a more scientific word <laughs> and you know how how cool is that i guess um but really fascinating um that this roomba that has been with us for some time has been driven by ai and we weren't freaked out um but again chat is taking it to a new level one of the things i want to say about that is that ai um again i'll, I'll lean into chat gpt um it is a statistical model and so it, it feels like magic when you're watching and you ask a question and the answers come back so quickly not always perfect you know it's it's uh, i always say it's more like a research assistant you have to check the work a little bit um and a lot depends on what you know and and, and perhaps most importantly how good are you asking questions of it but ai by way of uh, the form of, of chat gpt um, is, is this neural network, as they call it, um, which in some ways kind of resembles the brain in terms of the kind of electrical firings in between everything. Um, but it's a statistical model that literally when it gets your questions, kind of like what we do and don't realize we're doing, our brain's just trying to find the answer. You know, we have these huge data banks in our own brains, all the stuff that we've learned through our entire lives. And someone says, you know, asks us a question that maybe the answer is not on the tip of our tongue, but it's in our brain. And, and so we, we try to find it and we try to, to get that answer out. AI is doing exactly that. And it's doing word by word by word. It literally is a, a statistical model that once you ask the question, it finds the first word, and then it looks for the second word, and then it looks for the third word. And it's just a never-ending um, statistical calculation uh, that um, brings you that answer, which is really, really fascinating when you think about it. I think it's important when we, we think about where we are with this stuff to think about history and, and, and history as it relates to technology uh, in, in kind of the modern world. And by modern, I mean going back to kind of the start of this country you know, in the 1700s. And you know that's when the industrial revolution happened and there's been now six waves as they call them of the industrial revolution um and and each is a little bit faster than the first um the, the first wave was about 75 years and then the next wave was about 50 and on and on and on now we're kind of in this information age and what some call the sixth wave of, of the industrial revolution and um it is now down to less than 10 years and the pace of innovation right now is, is almost like a vertical line. If you look at a chart, it's moving that fast. And what fascinates me, I think the most about AI is just that it is um, every single day, there's something new about it. And um, fascinating, a little scary, yes, um, but more fascinating than scary for me, um, having done homework. It also, as I said, it's not new. It, it started really back in, in um, well, I'm gonna go way back, um, the idea that there could be a machine that thinks it actually historically goes all the way back to the ancient Greeks, which is fascinating. But AI really came about um, in, in the more current times in the 1950s. And there were things in, in, in the academic world where they're talking about it, they were researching it. And, and through the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and then really in the 80s and 90s is when things started to happen. So, some of us who are older remember when uh, the, the, the world chess champion, um, Gary uh, Kasparov is his name, and where he actually you know played uh, a chess match with AI. And um, 
eventually it beat him. And we had the, 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 the guy who won Jeopardy, um, Ken Jennings, you know, he got into uh, a round with AI and, and eventually the AI beat him. So, you know, we've, we've had a lot of history. It's, it's not brand new, and, um, but it is evolving and evolving fast. And there are several different types. And we're now looking at you know, this generative, you know, AI that produces new content, uh, produces imagery sometimes. Now it's producing videos. Um, uh, a new friend recently sent me a video of them by way of AI, kind of their, their counter AI counterpart, you know, looks like them, sounds like them, you know, really, really fascinating. It was done for fun. And um, yeah, I, I, I really love that, you know, just so much. We look at the headlines, you know, and I think, you know, we live in this time where news can be very sensational. And I think you're really kind of keying in on AI to, to, to be sensational. I, I saw an article the other day, it was top 10 evil robots and the potential that they have to destroy humanity. Does it, and it's got a picture of a really evil looking kind of Terminator like robot on it. It's, it's almost like an academic article and really quite serious. Um, but we've been talking about the danger of robots. Actually, I, I found a movie from 1921 called The Mechanical Man with an evil robot in it. And I think about my childhood and, you know, we had, you know, Danger Will Robinson on Lost in Space and, and kind of that friendly robot who would occasionally get evil. And then when I was a kid, we had the cartoon, the Jetsons and Rosie's robot, you know, which was a lot more fun. And then of course we had the robots of Star Wars, which are great. Then we come up to more current times and we have the reboot of Austin Space and, you know, the new robot who's a, a lot scarier looking um, and, and um, sometimes scarier acting. And then there's a whole group of robots behind him that are just awful and scary. And so we culturally, we have this kind of fear of robots, I think. Um, and, and, you know, I think we're connecting the dots between this kind of cultural fear um, based a lot on entertainment, you know, that... Um, is is kind of twisting our thoughts around something again that is just so so powerful when i talk about robots in presentations i often put the ro part of the word robots in parentheses because bots which are kind of a, a akin you know without the physicality of robots but there's there's a little bit of similarity similarity um we're used to bots you know we we talk to bots all the time sometimes not knowingly but we talk to bots and they are being used on almost all the airline sites the hotel sites you know things like the uh, the phone companies verizon you know you go into websites there's a really good chance you're going to have a conversation with a bot sometimes knowingly sometimes unknowingly and um they're pretty darn good sometimes i i really think customer services in many ways been improved i was talking to a friend with, with a brand and they saw you know the a 30% decline in, 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 in some of the negative engagement they were having with clients by using a customer service bot. When we look at, you know, kind of what's happening in um, our larger world. Again, I think an influence on our world. Um, I, and I think, you know, kind of, you know, signposts along the way of where the world is going because we're part of something much bigger. You know, educational robots, especially in elementary and secondary schools, um, is, is exploding. And these ro robots are, are often look like, you know, little robots that we're used to, but they also can be what they call non-humanoid, which means that they're a machine of some sorts with an artificial intelligence in it, but it may not be a, a robot in a traditional sense. And the spending is off the chart. I found, I found this an individual robot called Neo, um, and he's used in elementary schools and they use it for all kinds of training, um, including for special needs students. $12,990. If I order it today, I can have it by July 3rd. So I just looked it up. There's another robot called Moxie, 
that is a, um, an aid to nurses and something that is used in hospitals. It does not interact with patients or go into patient rooms, mostly because we're afraid of them. Um, when you talk about autonomous driving, I mean, uh, a lot of those companies, they were kind of ready to move that forward, but they know people have a fear for it. So they're, they're holding back and probably semi, you know, tractor trailers will be the first version of that. But Moxie is this nursing robot um, that is in hospitals and it's helping nurses do their jobs um, better, um, helping them uh, to get medications, helping them deliver lab samples, you know, do all kinds of things that are kind of the behind the scenes work. And that's really in. Uh, I think can inform us in the professional salon industry. How can it help us with that behind the scenes work so that, that really hairdressers can, can focus on their work, can focus on the craft, can focus on, on their artistry. Um, there's also, you know, um, small robotic devices that people can have at home, you know, that are companions, especially for the elderly that can help with things that sometimes seniors um, struggle with if their health is impaired, you know, things like getting their blood pressure and temperatures and keeping track of vitals and then keeping that information in a database and even transmitting it, you know, to a healthcare provider. So I, I think, you know, that is really, really interesting. Um, I'm going to talk for a moment about kind of the headlines, because I think that you know, is driving a lot of our feelings. These are broad headlines, things that we run across every single day. And of course, there's some really smart people who are talking about AI being challenging for humankind, that it could end in the destruction of civilization. The smartest people I pay attention to, who are some of those who are saying these things, when you look at the, into the detail and not, well, not just look at headlines, you know, they're saying that if things were to go sideways, we're talking about 10 years down the road plus and per perhaps a lot farther out. And they are collectively, these geniuses in AI, many of the inventors of the more modern versions of AI, you know, they're saying, regulate us, please, that we see the danger. Um, having said that, the economic um, side of AI, it's just exploding exponentially. And, and we live in a capitalist world and capitalism is going to drive those things forward. So again, it's happening. Um, it's happening um, in ways that is going to impact the competition amongst businesses, I would say, including salons soon. And so, um, yes, we need to write our Congress people. Yes, we need to encourage those who can regulate or self-regulate to do so. Um, but I, I think um, as importantly, we need to consider it's place, um, its role, um, one that is a baby at the moment. We're not there yet. Uh, this is all somewhat new to us in, in terms of the latest versions of this, but I think we need to be paying close attention to how it can benefit our industries. One of my favorite um, tech guys, um, Reid Hoffman, who's co-founded LinkedIn, you know, he's on a mission to kind of show that AI can improve humanity and there's all kinds of good that can come from it. And I love that kind of counterbalance to all the negativity. If you look at, you know, the software companies, Microsoft has just announced AI is going into all of its products, everything, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, you know, anything and everything that they do is going to have AI embedded. It's already kind of begun. Adobe, you know, which had uh, Photoshop, you know, they have um, built AI in terms of image generation, it's called Firefly, into Photoshop, you know, which is amazing. If you're, you're paying attention, you saw Apple launch their first, um, um, what they call Apple Vision Pro, which is just, you know, brilliant. And um, I'm so obsessed with it. 35, I think it's $3,500 plus tax. So who knows where that's going to take us. But, you know, again, fascinating. And then Google is all in for AI, both through Bard, which is, you know, their browser, you know, and for other things. Um, last on the headlines, a, a favorite that I think is more real, you know, in, in terms of what we're all dealing with is Wendy's has announced a new AI drive-through chatbot. <laughs> and if we've been paying attention, you know, fast food has been having an impact on the industry uh, or fast food has been impacted 
as an industry by AI, perhaps uh, more than any others. I go into a McDonald's now and it, it's not, not unusual to find not very many people. So again, we think about what's AI going to do to the larger world. It's going to probably move forward trends that are already happening, similar to what we saw during pandemic. So much more to say. My 15 minutes is up though. Wow. Um, that's part one. I'm going to do part two. I hope this gave you some information to perhaps give you a little bit different way to think about all this stuff. Going back to my quote where I started, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And again, I encourage all of us to take a big step back and consider this in new ways. Um, I am, um, I'm out of time. And so um, I want to thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to be open-minded as the world changes constantly every single day, especially in the world of technology. Um, if you like what you heard, I encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content and early access to the podcast. If you like the podcast, I'd appreciate a rating, review, um, encourage you to subscribe or best yet, share it. Um, all those things help others to find the podcast. And uh, once again, I want to thank you so very much for tuning in. Sorry to be fast today, but um, yeah, a lot to cover. So uh, stay tuned next time for part two of this conversation on artificial intelligence. I'm Gordon Miller. I can't wait to share more with you next time.